This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Power Breakfast with TT. Alright, let's uh, turn our attention to this now. So yesterday the Independent Electoral Commission or the Electoral Commission um, uh, published the election timetable for the 2024 general elections which outlines all the key cut-off times and dates for performing uh, electoral activities. On election day, Wednesday 29th of May 2024, voters will for the first time be handed three ballot papers that's due to the participation of independent candidates. The total number of registered voters, uh, both inside the country and abroad, now sits at 27.6 million. The elections are expected to be the most fiercely contested since the advent of democracy. Let's speak to uh, the executive chairman of the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa, Terry Tselani, who joins us on the line. Mr. Tselani, good morning to you and thanks so much for your time. Uh, good morning to you and to your listeners, and thank you very much for having me. All right, so let's uh, firstly get uh, some perspective from you. Uh, the figure of 27.6 million v- registered voters now, uh, how significant is this number in your view, or just put it into a bit of context in terms of the number of new voters that we've been uh, able to add on to the voters' roll? It is an important improvement from what we had last time. By the time we went to the twenty 19 elections we had and 2021 elections uh, we had about 26.3 million um, uh, mm. voters uh, on the voters roll uh, now that has actually increased a bit and then i think it is significant however if you take in consideration the fact that there are so many uh, people who are almost 42 million people who are eligible to participate in the electoral process and the majority of them still have not registered uh, still means that uh, there is a lot of work that needs to be done mm. in order to try to get those people who are not registered to register to be able to participate in our democratic project. Yeah. So the um, voters' role is now closed now that uh, the election date has now been um, officially uh, proclaimed. Um, what does this now mean? Oh, obviously, the obvious uh, meaning is that uh, no one, we can no longer register um, for the current elections. You can't get onto the current voters' roll. Beyond that, what else uh, uh, does this mean? It basically means that uh, all other milestones that have got to be achieved before the elections uh, or before voting uh, would have to be achieved by particular dates as indicated within the uh, election timetable. This includes, for instance, uh, the inspection of the voters' role, the closure of the voters' role, uh, candidate nomination process, uh, inspection of the voting stations, as well as uh, basically application for special votes mm. and for those who are overseas, uh, uh, for them also to be able to uh, apply, to be able to participate as voters in the elections. I mentioned in my introduction that for the first time, uh, we will now be 
uh, issued with three ballot papers. Now, I'm wondering here um, how much of a game changer um, this is going to be in terms of uh, how the Electoral Commission has now conducted uh, and even uh, in terms of the voter education, the the, the level of awareness amongst voters now about uh, the impact of the, the, the change of legislation that allows for independence to stand. Voter education is very, very important. And unfortunately, uh, it has actually been compromised uh, in these elections. And then some of the things that have led to this is that the framework within which the elections will take place has not as yet been finalized. There is currently before Parliament what they call Electoral Matters Amendment Bill, uh, which is supposed to be dealing with some of the issues that are consequence of having now... <coughs> sorry giving independence, mm. uh, participating in the electoral processes. You know, so there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And unfortunately, as I suggested, uh, voter education has actually been compromised. And the majority of people don't understand uh, what the implications of all this is going to be. Let's but coming back to... Okay. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. Please go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, coming back to the issue of the three ballot papers... Mm. Uh, which, again, many people don't understand, mm. is that uh, remember that now with uh, the introduction of the so-called regional vote, it means the independents now can participate at a regional level. Mm. But they are not going to be alone. They will also be contesting with uh, political parties for those seats mm. uh, that are regarded as regional uh, seats. Mm. So there will be a ballot uh, for regional uh, for, for for regional elections, and there'll be a ballot for national elections, which is uh, for the National Assembly or proportional representation, mm-hmm. uh, the 200 seats. Mm-hmm. And the third one is going to be the provincial ballot, which we normally have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that ballot, uh, for the first time, will also now include independence, because independence will also be contesting at the provincial level. Where, how are they then accommodated, or how is the distinction drawn between whether somebody an independent is standing at a provincial level or at national level? Or I mean, obviously, there's only an, an independent can only be one person; can't split themselves in two. Uh, is it possible for them to stand in, on both national yes. and provincial? Yes, uh, an independent can stand in uh, in, in both, and in, it is really at the discretion of the person who is contesting mm. to. Uh, stand for the for for an election, but obviously once uh, they have won a seat, they can only occupy one seat. It yes. is they have won in uh, both national and uh, regional, mm. uh, at, at, at the regional as well as mm. the provincial level, uh, they would have to indicate which seat they would actually be occupying. Has the calculation been done, or is it possible to do the calculation already at this stage? Uh, well, I imagine now that we know what the voters' role is. Uh, to do the calculation of how many seats, if I can, you do that calculation even before elections or even votes have been cast as to how many seats an independent would need, or how many votes an independent would need to secure a seat? No, not at this stage. Mm. Uh, because the formula that is used uh, basically takes into consideration uh, the total number of valid votes. In other words, elections must have taken place already. So uh, this is how the formula operates. You take the total number mm. of valid votes, you divide that by the number of seats available, right. plus one, and it gives you a quota. That quota, you're going to use it to divide the number of votes each candidate has and mm. each 
political party participate in elections uh, will have, and then it will indicate uh, whether you qualify for a seat or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the the next significant, what would be the next significant milestone in terms of uh, this timetable? And I also wanted to just, before you answer that one, let's talk about the voters' role now being open for inspection. What is it that uh, anyone who chooses to inspect uh, the voters' role can then query? Or what are the sort of things that they could be, um, in the, could be queried? There are a few things that can be queried. Mm-hmm. One, uh, whether a person who is uh, on the voters' roll is indeed a person who is supposed to be there. In other words, if a person has passed on and is on the voters' roll, uh, that can be brought to the attention of the commission. Mm. But also if there is a person who is underage who appears on the voters' roll, uh, that person, that matter mm. can also be objected against. You know, So it is basically the eligibility of Uh, a person who's going to be participating as a voter. If uh, there is a name of a person uh, appearing uh, on the voters and that person is not eligible to participate in the process, uh, then any person can object against uh, that particular person's name appearing on the voters or Let's talk about something that was raised by a listener who seemed to be uh, querying earlier on about the eligibility of uh, uh, foreign nationals or elig- uh, naturalized uh, South African. If you could just explain um, how that works in terms of who is eligible and as far as uh, people not born in South Africa. Only South African citizens uh, qualified to participate in mm. the electoral process. Mm. If you are naturalized, um, it does not actually give you mm. uh, the right to participate in the electoral processes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, just uh, being the holder of a valid South African ID is not enough to qualify you to um, to vote. Absolutely, because the, remember that in the in the uh, the the ID there is. There is information that is important there that indicates whether you are a permanent citizen or mm. non-permanent citizen. Mm. And it is that one that will actually indicate as to whether a person qualifies or does not qualify. Is but it... that is done automatically by the commission because the commission will check uh, the details of a person against the population register and will not include the person who does not qualify. Yes. So that even if you presented yourself with a valid ID, uh, a valid South African ID, if you do not qualify, that would be picked up by the the system. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think that is important. Then. Um. I think uh, just yeah. I think uh, that we we can leave it there. Thank you very much, Terry Zelani. Uh, oh yeah. No. The final question was going to be what the next most significant landmark will be in terms of this calendar. Well, I think one of the most important things now is going to be the candidate nomination process, whether the political parties, especially the new political parties, uh, qualify to get the number of signatures that are required to be able to participate in the process, Mm -hmm. whether independents are also able to get the 1,000 signatures to be able to participate in the process. So the candidate nomination process, I think, in my opinion, is going to be the most significant uh, going forward. 
Teddy Tselan is Executive Chairman of the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa. Thank you so much for your time and we hope and look forward to, to hear from you some more in the build-up to this uh, May 29th. Thank you very much for having me, Titi. There you go. Uh, so it's just a running rule over some of the things that you need to be uh, mindful or aware of in the build-up to the uh, national elections. And by the way, yeah, the general elections. Uh, I hope that answered your question, was it Kurishinwatu, that uh, raised the, that had shared that image. And I was saying, it's uh, shared uh, an ID here depicting a Pakistani national and I was saying I'm not sure which two you are querying here the fact that he's a holder of a passport of an ID or the fact that he was registered now I don't know how you you made the conclusion that this person is registered because um, on this thing that it's not a, a sticker that appeared I'm, from what I can see here it doesn't say that this is the person that's registered but in any case be that as it may if this is the, if that was done, then it was done fraudulently, which is a point that I was making. That then it suggests there would have been a bit of fraud done at the voting station where, where this person was uh, registered, or this is all fake. The, all of it is fraudulent. In which case, also the pick the, the system will be able to pick it up. You've been listening to a Power ninety eight point seven podcast. For more podcasts, visit power nine eight seven dot or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.